What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Get Paid for Your Pad. Today, our special guest is Doran Mayasad, and he is the founder of Plum Guide, which is an OTA for, I would say, high, I want to say high-end properties, but Doran, I'll, I'll give you an opportunity to, uh, to tell us all about what Plum Guide is and uh, how we as hosts list on your platform. So I'm excited to dive into it. Welcome to the show, Doran. Thanks, Jasper. Thanks for having me. How is it in cold uh, England? It is, as you say, cold and rainy <laughs> and the leaves are falling off the trees, uh, but it's warm and cozy where I'm at. So um, right. I can't complain. That's good. Awesome. Um, well, why don't you give, you a, give us a quick background of yourself and, uh, and the Plum Guide? So I'm Doran, I'm founder and CEO of Plum Guide. Um, I'm not really sure where I'm from. I grew up all over the world when I was a kid. My parents are originally from Israel. Um, prior to Plum, I, I founded a business, a tech business that built online communities uh, for brands. Um, and we, our clients were, you know, Spotify and Airbnb and Google. And, uh, um, and then seven years ago uh, or so started Plum Guide. Um, you know, Plum Guide, we, we are an OTA, a vacation rental OTA, but we are targeted at a very specific audience, which we call the discerning traveler. If you remove the lingo for that, it really means, you know, urban dwellers typically earning $150,000 a year or more. So we're, we're sort of obsessed by, by this group. They tend to be design lovers, travel a lot, culture vultures, and we are obsessive around designing the proposition around them. And I'm, I'm happy to elaborate about how we think about that, but that is our North Star, creating the ultimate experience for, for the discerning traveler. Awesome. I love a very specific guest avatar right there. Yeah. Um, and tell us a little bit about the history of Plum Guide. Why, why did you start uh, this company? Look, I, in the, I mean, I've, 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 I used to be a, a hardcore Airbnb user, kind of fell in love with the vertical and the sector and that way of staying. And, and funny enough, most business ideas start from a pain point. Mine actually started from a surprisingly good experience. It was, it was staying in a place... Uh, in Tel Aviv, actually, uh, it was, you know, our third or fourth choice because our first few choices got rejected um, and, and it looked okay and it turned out to be a masterpiece. And, and that got my curiosity going, you know, are there, are there in the depth of Airbnb, Verbo, what uh, was then home away, are there, are there a, a community of hosts who are craftspeople who are thinking about every piece of furniture and art and choice of bedding and and if so, can I find them? Um, and at the time I took a week off work, I went to meet uh, 30 hosts in London, Berlin, or Paris, uh, and Paris, who I thought were these craftspeople. And at the end of that, I came to the conclusion that there was a, a big opportunity for Plum Guide to, to create a company that elevated the people who put all this effort into that experience and, and matched them with, with guests who were willing to pay for that as well. So that's how it all got started. It evolved over time, of course. Um, today... We, we, have a, we have a clear view, which is our audience, the discerning traveler, has three big pain points. Um, they are, one, you know, getting very quickly to know that every home has a consistent quality. 
the way, as you know, you know, 95% of homes on, on, on the main platforms have four and a half stars or more. Uh, you know, you've got 80,000 homes in Paris, something like that in London. It's a nightmare to try to pick the right ones. Um, we open a market and aim to vet every single home available in that market uh, within 12 months and accept the top 3 to 5% of homes at three price points, at a medium, high, and luxury price points. The homes have to pass all these tests, uh, uh, and, and that's how we get through the kind of the hit and miss nature of the space. Um, the second big pain point that we observe is the, the kind of helping people match them with the right home for them. As you know, you know, homes, as someone who's done a lot of work in the hotel space, homes are a, are a nightmare. I mean, you can have a, you know, $5 million home in LA, a $10 million home in LA, and, you know, the floorboards are creaky in one room, the Wi-Fi doesn't work very well in another room, and the elevator is scary. Probably that's less relevant in LA. But, but uh, you know, we put a lot of effort into surfacing that negative information to guests. Um, we have a section called the Home Truths. We tell the guests, everything that's bad about the home. Uh, we go through a lot of effort to get all that negativity and put it out there. Uh, we try to get floor plans for every home. And the final pain point is, is service at the touch of a button. So we have a service layer. Uh, there's two service teams. There's this team called matchmakers. So about a third of our bookings uh, go through this matchmaking team. You know, guests get in touch with them and say, help me choose a home in the Greek islands or, you know, they help them choose a home and we have a, a customer service team. If anything goes wrong and the host or property manager isn't able to help, they, they, they're available 24 seven, they jump in and, and get involved. Uh, you probably asked for a shorter answer, but that's the kind of what, what the pain points we identify and what makes us different. Right. Well, you, you actually answered my, my next question because, you know, I can imagine that, you know, you're vetting all the homes, you're only choosing the three to 5% of the, of the top homes. Obviously, you look at the design, you look at the quality of, of, of the home. But then my, my question was going to be, okay, I can, I can see how you can cultivate that. But then in the end of the day, like you're depending on the host for, for, the, for the customer service and for creating that experience, right? And the, uh, the communication with, with the guests. So I was, I was curious, like how do, you, how, do you set, how do you maintain high a high level of customer service um, when you're dependent on each individual host? So maybe you can elaborate a little bit more on that point. Yeah, look, I mean, one of the things that we vet in every host before they're accepted into Plum is, is the quality of the service. Um, and I can elaborate more on how we do that. We, we use a mix of AI uh, tools that we've built. We sometimes do per physical in-person visits. Um, we look at, uh, this is all automated, but the speed of the re response rates, sentiment analysis and all the reviews written on the home. So it's a big, big thing that we look at. Um, then, then we don't always get it right. So we have a rule on plum, you know, two negative NPS scores on a house and it's, and it's removed. Um, you know, we remove a fair few homes. We don't, we don't always uh, see that ahead of time. And, and one of the things that I think help us and that we do very differently is, uh, you know, we, our feedback form from guests, you know, one of the things we found is that guests especially if they're dealing with a very personable individual, are very reluctant to be negative in feedback. Mm -hmm. um, so our feedback goes to the guest and says, this is anonymous. It will be anonymized once we have three feedbacks for this home. Tell us three things you like about the home, three things you don't like about the home. What kind of guest would like staying here? What kind of guest would hate staying here? 
And we get very detailed and nuanced feedback and we kind of explain we're all about, you know, becoming the Michelin guide of homes. And so that really, really helps us to identify places where it's, where it's under delivering. Um, it's not as perfect as if we control the end to end experience, of course, but it's, but we're trying to get pretty damn close to it. Mm -hmm. So when people list their home on your platform, are they only allowed to list on your platform or do you allow them to list on other platforms as well? They're allowed to list uh, anywhere they like, um, no exclusivity at all. About 10% of our homes are exclusive, but almost none started that way. They started uh, by listing in many places. We became their main source of revenue, and then they moved. So, but no, they can list anywhere. Right. And are you, are you integrated with most of the bigger PMS systems? We are. So we're integrated with 20 channel managers and PMSs. Uh, Vantio, BookingPal, Rentals United, I'm just throwing some names out there uh, that come to mind. Um, we don't have the, we're, we're constantly doing new integration, Guesty, uh, we're constantly doing new integrations. Um, but yes, we are, we are with the big ones. Mm -hmm. is, the, is the focus uh, worldwide or is it is most, I, I know you guys are, in, you started in the UK um, and in Europe, but I see you also have a lot of homes in the, in the States as well. Yeah, so we have, we have a t total of about 40,000 homes, uh, 34,000 or so are in, um, are in Europe. Um, and then the rest are mostly North America. There's a few bits and bobs in other places, but, but yes. And our focus has been European. It's, it's disproportionately so still for the next 12 months, but we are growing our supply in the U.S. Uh, we're growing our demand in the U.S. And I should say our biggest guest audience are, are uh, uh, American customers. So almost half the revenue of the business is people coming from the U.S. into Europe or within the U.S., Right. Yeah. And by the way, just out of curiosity, like how did you how did you guys come up with the name Plum Guide? Um, the the original, I mean it has like many connotations that appeal to us. The original name of the company was meant to be PLU ampersand M, so to mean people like you and me. Uh and it was based on the idea that you want to get recommendations of where to stay, not from the wisdom of crowds or the averages, but from from, you know, people like you and me. Um, uh, it then turned out you can't have an ampersand in the uh, URL. <laughs> so, um, uh, and then of course we, you know, the, the plum in, in, uh, in old architecture, a plum, uh, was, 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 uh, what do you call them now? They're called spirit levels, you know, spirit level, what it is. It's like the thing that you use to measure that the wall is straight. So in the olden days to measure that a wall was straight, they would throw a plum on a rope. It was a piece of lead and it would tell you that the wall was straight and it was all around kind of this OCD making sure that everything's right and stuff like that so you know that's where Plum came from and, and initially when the business started we saw ourselves as a guide you know the idea was the mission and guide of homes um, you know quickly we learned you, you can't make money just as a media company you, you want to make money on transactions as well um, but, but that's the idea so it was kind of like Plum Guide um, it's how it all came together have you have you heard of um, Michelin Keys, the Michelin Key for hotels? N no, Michelin Keys, I have not. No, I mean I just learned about it uh, literally like a few days ago. Uh, me and my business partner, we uh, we were at a restaurant 
uh, and we were talking to uh, talking to the owner of the restaurant, and and he told us that there's uh there's this new thing called the Michelin Key. It's like it's basically my understanding is it's it's kind of like a Michelin the Michelin stars that you have for restaurants, but then like for hotels. So I was just curious. Interesting. No, I ha I haven't heard that, and you know we're I'm I'm a big fan of what what Michelin. That's interesting. I'll check it out of what those guys are doing. I think in many ways. You know, they are sort of creating the the trip advisor for the discerning customer. And if you go on MichelinGuide.com uh, today, it looks very different to what it might have looked like five years ago. And you have the Michelin starred restaurants, which you can book, but you also have the you know tablet hotels as part of that. And they're very selective about curating hotels. So I'm really interested to hear about that. I, I, I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, it looks like they uh, they're launching it in 2014. But uh, but yeah, I thought it was really uh, I thought it was really interesting, and it kind of I mean this is for hotels, but it's I feel like almost like it's you guys are kind of doing for short term rentals what they're doing for hotels. It almost feels like so. Yeah, I think you know I think generally like I think you you can notice this. Uh, I think Peter Diamantis, the guy who did Singularity University, talks about it. But as as a when an industry begins, th the focus tends to be on like reducing costs. You know, like in the old days, you know, cameras, it was all about reducing the cost of film. And then it, the cost reaches in effect zero or very low. And then it becomes all about curation, Instagram, you know, helping people find the. And, and I think there is so much amazing choice now um, that the biggest pain point from where we stand, you know, you have to deliver the good experience. But from where we stand is how do you help people find the place that's going to help them have the most incredible experience? Um, yeah, I can, I can yeah. definitely relate to it because I, I you know, I, I'm a, a vivid traveler uh, myself and uh, I was just looking at uh, Joshua Tree uh, for February, which February is not a very popular time to go to Joshua Tree, but the people that we're traveling with, uh, they really like cold weather and, uh, and they really like yeah. desert. So I was like, all right, well. You know, if you if you guys want to go to Joshua Tree, it'll be cold and and it won't be very busy there. So, you know, I go I go on Airbnb and there's literally like there's hundreds of homes available. And to your point, it's like you know there's so many options and they're all pretty similar as well. Like a lot of them have you know a hot tub and and a barbecue grill and you know so it's like yeah, how do you choose between all these different homes? And you end up spending a lot of time. So I like the, I like the service that that you guys have. Like, because if if I could, if I could just pay somebody like, you know, a hundred dollars and say, hey, you know, spend like two hours and find me like the best home. This is what we're looking for. So I don't have to sit there on my laptop for like you know three hours trying to figure out where to stay and you know communicate with the group. And so it's a bit of a process when there's a lot of choice. That's that's lovely to hear. I, you know, I'd like to say that's exactly what um, what we're up to. Um, you know, helping people find the best options and then matching them with the best one within the shortlist, if you like. So let's talk a little bit about the um, about the process uh, for a host to to start using uh, Plum Guide, right? Um, let's say I have I have a beautiful home that's in, kind of in line with uh, the other homes that you have on the platform. Like, how do I how do I sign up? Um, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. There's one of two ways. Um, you go into Plum Guide website on the top right hand corner. 
uh, uh, on mobile or on desktop, um, you, you can click become a host and you can submit an application there. Um, and the other option is uh, on lots of the channel managers, you'll be able to activate the connection. What's different with Plum is that then begins a vetting process at our end. Um, so, that, so we will go through a process to vet all the homes. Uh, we run our criteria through it. And then we come back and say, you know, you may have 20 homes, but we would like to onboard these four, uh, which is the kind of the, the, the both what people love and also find frustrating on the supply side that we, we tend to take a small proportion of the home that anyone has. Um, and that's it. I would caution, bear with us. We have a huge waiting list at the moment. Um, so we have some, some pretty big cues, but, but we communicate on where everything's in the process and, and so on. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, you mentioned that there's a lot of hosts that are actually getting the majority of their bookings flew through Plum Guide, right? Is that is that typical? Like, what well, what can we expect? Is or does it take a certain amount of time before we get traction on the platform? Uh, look, we're super open about this stuff. So the average home uh, in its first year gets by the end of the first year is doing ten to twenty percent of their revenue on Plum. And so obviously you have that within lots of variations, markets where we're very strong, it could be much higher, markets where we're you know, not properly launched or whatever, it could be much lower, but that's what you'd expect from the first year. Um, typically, there's sort of three and a half reasons hosts like Plum. There's that, okay, you got me more bookings, great. Let's say you're, we're on average 15% of your bookings after the first year and then it grows. Um, but, but the second reason, which I think really matters is, is uh, not just more bookings, but more profitable bookings. So I'll give you one example. If you take the cohort of homes that are available on Plum and Airbnb, the ones that are available on both platforms, for the same homes, our average length of stay is two and a half times longer on Plum than Airbnb for the same home. And as you know, if you're having to check in the guests, check them out, clean, deal with any complaints, which are usually on the first 48 hours, taking an average length of stay from, let's say, four days to 10 days makes a huge difference to the gross profit that, that one makes on the stay. And that is one of the, the main reasons actually hosts end up wanting to go exclusive or partial exclusivity, where they open the calendar first on Plum, try to fill it with our bigger bookings. Um, and the third reason that, that, that hosts tend to like the experience is, is um, better guests, um, especially the people where it's, there's more emotional connection to the home. It's someone's actual home. So they like the idea that you know, someone was into design and, and, and thoughtful and careful about the stuff is staying there. Um, I kind of say three and a half reasons because our individual hosts, so, so you know, our, our, the people who have one home or, or up to 10, uh, what we call minipreneurs, tend to also love the brand element to it. You know, we spend uh, north of $10 million a year just advertising the, the plum guide idea. So if you see a home with a plum stamp, it means that uh, it's one of the best homes in you know, Lisbon or Palm Springs or Joshua Tree. Um, and, so, and so the kind of more smaller independent hosts tend to like the, the, the halo that provides. And we do a lot of that marketing um, uh, in markets, especially as we launch. Mm -hmm. and, and by the way, hosts put, put those stamps on Verbo sometimes and Airbnb and uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> are, are they, do you see hosts trying to, leave some hints on other platforms for for people to actually go to plum guide and, and create the booking there like a lot of people do with direct bookings 
Uh, well, look, I think we see we see hosts definitely. I, I believe the main motivation for putting the stamp uh, on other places is to help them increase their bookings on that platform. Uh, I'm sure it hopefully generates some guests to come and learn about Plum Guide. Um, but of course, we see people also on Plum uh, uh, pushing for direct. I know it's a topic you guys and, and everyone's always very interested in. Uh, I have my views on it. I think it can often be a... a, a, a I don't think this is a Dutch expression. Someone once said it to me. It's like pissing in your pants to stay warm. You know, it feels good for about five seconds, but then it's not so good. Um, I, I think. I think that, that I'm happy to elaborate more how we see that. But uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, um, <clears throat> you know, it surprises me sometimes how you know some listings get away with the amount of of, uh, of clues they're leaving. I mean, to me, it only seems fair that, like, you know, you guys are spending a lot of dollars on marketing. So if you find the customer <clears throat> on your platform, they should really just book there, right? Um, but, yeah, I'm surprised sometimes you see you see a listing and it's almost like screaming, like, hey, don't book here, but find our direct booking site. And I'm always surprised that those listings aren't taken down. But I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm also amazed, actually, and I, I'd be really interested to know, uh, especially Airbnb, where they've really kind of allowed it quite openly, how, uh, how they think about it. I can tell you for us, we have um, this thing called the pop index. It ranks how far up a home appears on the search results. Um, and uh, really, if you're on the first page, maybe it's two pages, you get lots of bookings. If you're not, you don't. And one of the biggest things that will reduce the pop index score is if, if the conversion of a home from message the host or went to checkout to confirmed booking is very low, which is usually a signal for us that the home either looks great, but someone's people aren't that interested or someone's moving them off platform or, or the communication is putting them off. So I can, I can imagine. I've had conversations like that with hosts before who were like, when we started, you were an amazing channel for us. All this happened. And now we barely get any bookings and we look at the data and we're like, oh, the pop index is really low. Why? And there's a conversion from talk to host to list to booking was amazing and tanked to zero. Um, and then you look into it and that. So I don't know if other platforms do that, but if you were on Plum and you did that a lot, what would, what would end up organically happening over two or three months is that they would just not get many views, the homes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it probably works the same on, on uh, a lot of platforms. I mean, the, the interesting thing is that I think some hosts, what they don't realize is that, yes, it's it's nice to get a direct booking, but also like you lose momentum on the platform, right? It's to, to be successful on the platform and get a lot of bookings. It's, it's kind of like an all or nothing type of deal. Right? You either like get a lot of momentum, you get good conversion and you keep getting those that stream of bookings. But it's a, if you lose a certain amount of momentum, you could also just be buried on page 15 and suddenly like the booking flow completely stops. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's always, I don't think it's always in your favor to try and just, you know, get as many direct bookings as, as possible. It depends, you know, depends on your strategy of brands and, and, and such, but you know, I think, I mean, I get it, you know, that the margins are so tight and uh, if you're managing the home, you know, having an extra, extra 15% or whatever it may be on the booking is, is a, is a, is a big deal. The temptation is very big. I really do get it. Um, I think that just the longer term payoff is, is, you know, you end up suffering because of it, but I don't know how Airbnb do it. So uh, apart from, um, 
apart from all this that we, we already discussed, like what are what are some differences and similarities between let's say Airbnb and the Plum Guide, like as far as like the reviews, uh, how you vet the guest, is there the same uh, you know, the same the air cover, like the insurance, like what what are some, you know, differences and similarities between the two platforms? Um Look, top of my head, I mean, I mean, it's similar in that we are a marketplace. So, you, you know, you're contracting with an owner and, and, and finding a place on there. Um, the big difference is, you know, if it's on Plum Guide, it's uh, one of the top. The way we think of it is by review scores, the top 10% of homes across the full market. So we open a market, we create a database of all the homes in the market, Verbo, One Fine Stay, I mean, 25 platforms. So, you know, it's one of the top 10%. It's always thoughtful design. Um, it's always impeccably clean and well-maintained, um, always very fast and attentive hosts. The quality of bed and the bedding is always good. The kitchen is properly stocked. There's always a connecting living space that's super important for us. You know, if it's a house for six people, there's a space that six people can get lost in conversation. Um, uh, and I, I could go on. So you kind of know that, that, that you remove the hit and miss um, and that sinking feeling when you open a place and say, oh, and then you open the kitchen cupboard and there's sort of, it's for six people, but there's two wine glasses and there's like four water cut glasses and, you know, that, that kind of, um, and if you know that if anything goes wrong, you speak to someone who's really into it. So that's the, really the single biggest difference that, and then this, I mean, it's, I'm going back to the things I said, but that there's the second one is you, you can always speak to someone, you know, I'll give you an example. We, the day you check in on Plum, you get a text message from Plum. It says, you know, your host and the management company are these people, you know, uh, uh, if you need anything, contact them. But remember, Plum is meant to award the top 3% of homes we say in any market. If you're not satisfied with anything, reply to this WhatsApp or this text and we immediately spring to action. Um, so we're, we're, we're sort of there in the background and, and we try to be brutally honest about the home. You know, we, we write the listings of a home. Um, that some hosts love, some hosts absolutely hate, which I really get why. <laughs> um, but our listings are written like critical listings. So we will say, you know, we almost didn't accept this home because it's a bit soulless, but, you know, for this part of town at this price, it's unbelievable. And you're in the most incredible neighborhood. And, you know, so we can allow ourselves to, to, to write listings that put off certain people that say, this is a terrible place for families. If you've got kids, you'll hate it here. It's noisy. And, you know, where often if you're the owner, you, 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 you can't be as brutal about it. Um, so, so in short, I think, I think that the similarities is you book homes, you know, it's a marketplace and with all the highs and lows of that, that the strength is there's a real quality standard guaranteed. There's real openness about what's negative and, and there's a human at the touch of a button at any point. What, what about the, the communication? Is the communication still between the guest and the host? It is. So once the book, yes, it is. Once a booking is made, like, again, we're always there in the background, but it is between the guest and the host. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I'm actually looking at, uh, I'm looking at Joshua Tree right now. Um, and I was thinking, oh, you know, let me uh, let me check out Joshua Tree and Plume Guide. Maybe there's just ten homes, so it's easy to choose for me. Do you guys actually have four well, homes? <laughs> <laughs> I think we have a lot. Joshua Tree and Palm Springs are both interesting places because 
there is a lot of incredible supply. They stand unique in that, I think. Um, a lot of the quality of the supply is very good there. Um, and I, yeah. do I say this? I would say that if, 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 the, if every market around the world looked like Joshua Tree, uh, the, the incremental value Plum brings to a customer would be lower. Um, because generally the, sto- the, the quality of the stock is much higher. There's less variability. There's less cheating, in my view, that goes on in the market by people, you know, buying units and making one look amazing and the other ones don't have all the beautiful plants and all of that. Like there's less of that that goes on in those markets. And a couple of things I notice is um, I see that a lot of places have the cleaning and the surface fee included and the taxes included in the, in the price. Is that generally the case? Yeah, ev- everything is included from the from the search all the way through to the booking. Our view is always to try to simplify everything as much as possible. Um, and a bit like booking a hotel, I know in the U.S. we often get told you're just you know you're making your life harder because most people add the taxes at the last phase, of course. But uh, but we just want to make it as simple as possible. Mm-hmm. And then also you have an option to pay half now and the rest later. That's something that uh, Airbnb doesn't offer, which I think a guest a lot of guests would <clears throat> really appreciate because sometimes it feels feels a bit strange. Like let's say you book an Airbnb like six months in advance, right? And you're paying now, but then the host yeah. is getting the money like a day after check-in, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think different now people are introducing options around that, but yes, we've, we've, it's been a while that we allow, allow that. And, and we allow, it depends on the size of the booking and what dates you put in, but, but to do it in line more or less with the cancellation policy. Um, right. That makes sense. Um, so when it comes to the listing, so if, if, if I sign up uh, for Plum Guide, uh, I basically, I sent you guys the photos and then you guys put together the entire listing. Is that how it works? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, let's say you went on our site, you submitted your own website on there or your listings on Verbo or wherever it may be. We will then come back and say, here, we, we like these for, we've already put the listings together. <laughs> And you get the final, yes, I'm happy for it to go live. Or you can send a message and say, hey, I'm happy with it, but I hate that you called my home something or other, or that you said this about the home. And then, and then it depends what happens. But, um, but, but, it's, but we really focused a lot on making it seamless for adding a home uh, uh, to the platform. Right. And how does the, um, the service fee uh, work? Is it similar to Airbnb where, where the host pays like a 15%? Uh, commission to the OTA? Uh, more or less, yes. So again, the, there's uh, they set the standard, so we kind of modeled it on it in the early days. You've got a 3% plus 12%, which is becoming less and less of it, or more a fee, which tends to be around 16% of every booking. Um, and and it's, it's deducted. You put the payout that you want, and then we add the fee on top. Well, I'm excited. And, and of check course, you can choose to sync your prices to. I mean, if you're using a channel manager, it's all synced. If you, if you, you can also choose to sync it to one of the main platforms if you're just on one other platform. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then last question. Like, let's say, let's say uh, I list on Plum Guide, but I'm also on Airbnb, right? And knowing that on Plum Guide, you know, the guest might be in a position to pay a higher price. Like, would I? Would I be able to, or do, do you guys allow for uh, different prices on different platforms? We do not. 
Uh, and I say it like that because it's a, it's a kind of, it's a constant debate internally. Um, so we ask that there is price parity, um, and that, and that, you know, we, we just don't want to be known as the, and it's true. The guest is often wanting to spend more and they'll often in, in places that offer add on services, chefs and the like, they will book way more things, uh, in those places, but we, we cannot be allowed to be known that as a platform. And so we're pretty strict on it. And it's one of the things we check and affects the pop index that I was mentioning it. Um, we will, if you know, we spot it all the time. So we'll get in touch with the host and say, we've spotted this difference. You know, we can make you change it, but will you, will you change it? Of course. Uh, and if not, the pop index gets affected. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, unfortunately we are, we're, we have to be strict on that. Yeah, <clears throat> no, that makes sense. It makes sense. You don't want to be known as the platform. That there's the same has the same homes as, as as another platform, but it's just a higher price point, right? And that's not exactly, exactly, and exactly, and it's a tricky thing about marketplace. You have two customers. We have the guests, and also in the end, you know, like in the end, and then the host. If you are someone who has whatever five, ten, a hundred incredible homes, I mean, you are everything to us. You know, this is it's golden. It's so rare. And if you're someone who is who have all these amazing homes and you care about everything and you bad trip if someone has a bad stay and you ask for feedback i mean we will do anything to make you happy um, um so once we find someone like that and so the temptation then to go be 10 percent more expensive on plum is is huge because you know we'll become your favorite platform but we're, we're sticking to our guns on it but uh but yeah it's a frustrating one well it's a, you know another interesting topic is is and a tricky topic and i'm sure for you too is uh how you know you're wearing two two hats right you, you have the hosts and you have the guests and you got to keep both groups happy now i'm sure you're aware that you know i would say most the majority of hosts feel that airbnb tends to favor the guest um is is that how, how do you manage that that relationship with the host and the guest at the same time um look it's really tricky um we do a handful of things. I would say, by the way, we're also, I think if you'd, if you'd, we don't ask the question that way, but if you ask people, do you feel Plum Guides favors the guest or the host more? If you ask hosts that question, you would find that there's kind of, it oscillates in and out of what they would say, because we have, we have balances over the period. Um, but I would say that if we are uh, good at selecting the host who are really passionate about delivering a superior experience and they operate at the kind of, high to mid high end of the market, they will feel that we are exceptionally fair to them and, and kind of on the side of the host. And if we get people who are not that way inclined, then they will feel like we are deeply unfair. So, you know, if, 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 you know, it's a common practice, you know, you take a three day booking, then a 10 day one comes, you know, someone will cancel the three day one. If, if a host is that kind of host, um, and that's the business practice, they will think we're always on the side of the guest. Um, and so part of that, we always think it's our job though, you know, so we have this, this, uh, I don't know if it's still available on the site that we would share with partners as kind of one pager, which is 10 reasons you shouldn't join Plum. And we sort of spell out all the, all the things you will hate about Plum if you join, just because we think that's a key part of it, you know, and if, and if someone reads that and goes, I don't care, I, I, that doesn't bother me. I'm not doing this kind of thing or whatever, then, uh, so, so, so I think that's a very long winded way of saying it's a challenge. We also find this push and pull. And I, and I think our job is to make sure that we're very open upfront before hosts invest time and booking about 
what is okay and not okay on Plum. And, and, uh, and I think if we do a good job at that, then the hosts who, who, who are right for us join and they feel we're on their side. Yeah. No, I think the transparency is really important. I think that's probably one of the reasons that a lot of hosts have some, you know, some beef with Airbnb because there's, there's surprises sometimes, you know, and the, the communication and transparency isn't always there. So, um, what's the, what's the frustrations that you would say, if we need to wrap up, let's wrap up. I was, I'll ask you afterwards. I was curious on the frustrations that, that you're hearing hosts expressing, but I'll ask you about afterwards. No, no, we can, we can, we can chat about it uh, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, a lot of hosts feel that whenever there's a, there's an issue with between the guest and the host that Airbnb tends to decide in favor of the guest. You know, there's, there's, you know, there's, there's, uh, for example, like, let's say you have a cancellation policy, guest cancels, you know, you're, you're as a host, you're eligible for like 50%, whatever it is. And then sometimes Airbnb will step in and give the guest a full refund anyway. Right. So it's things like that, that there's a lot of, you know, Oh, interesting. They will, they will, they will override the cancellation policy and say, yeah, we we override it for X reasons. Yeah, they, they, they can based on if they decide it's like extenuating circumstances, but then the question is, what are those extenuating circumstances? There's, you know, room for interpretation. You're not sure if the guest is honest about the reason for the cancellation. So, you know, yes. Yeah. And, and, and those, what tends to happen is, is the people that are unhappy, they, they yell the loudest, right? And then it goes, yeah. it goes on social media, it goes, it comes into Facebook groups and then, it becomes a, you know, it becomes a big deal. So no, but, um, yeah, that's interesting. Actually, I hadn't appreciated that that, that, that was one of the levels of the cancellation policy and overriding that. I don't believe uh, that that's something that we do. And if we do, it's a very minor case, uh, uh, that I may not be aware of like some death or something like that. But I, I, um, and, and we, you know, we will, we will, we have a pretty big budget for stuff that goes wrong where we decide to step in because, it feels like the right thing to do and, and it's not right from either end. Um, you know, I'll give you an example. Um, if a host cancels a booking, uh, 48 hours from check-in, um, our team has the permission to spend 50. So if, if it was a $10,000 booking, they can spend $15,000 finding them a new home. They have a 50% uplift to, to buy a new, to, to get, and, in most cases with our hosts, I mean, it happens very rarely, but if something like that happens, it's a genuine emergency. Like something big has happened in the house to see, I mean, it happens very rarely, but if it, you know, and then we take that on, uh, we don't ask the, the host to pay 50% of the stay and we just feel, you know, that's part of the guarantee of kind of booking plum. Um, but we definitely don't get it right all the time. And there's tensions around that. One last question. Uh, what about the review system? Is that similar to how it is on Airbnb, how we rate our, the guests and rate the host? Uh, interesting. So, so not exactly. So we don't rate the guest. Um, uh, we do ask for feedback on the home. As I mentioned, the feedback, there isn't public reviews on the home. Uh, the feedback comes to us. It's asked in this harsher way. Uh, we do share it with the host once there's two or three, usually three anonymized so they can see what people are saying. If the, the, the kind of the, the highs and lows of doing that is, is the, 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 the highs of doing that is, you know, you're not beholden to, to a guest who may be wanting to, you know, 
there is a slither of guests at the extreme that can take advantage of the review situation by saying, give me this or you get this bad review. So, you know, that's not as big a thing. And we want to get to a world where I feel our relationship with reviews as customers is a, is an abusive one, you know, like no one likes reading through all of those and you spend hours reading because you're just trying to get that security. So we want to be known that this plum stamp means it's great and we've listed what's not great. Um, so, so, so the reviews are anonymized. The great thing about it is you can be held hostage to them. Um, and if you're interested in improving your experience, you get very, very good nuanced feedback, like very detailed, you know, this thing wasn't great, or I could think I felt this could be better, uh, you know, and, and if you're into that kind of thing and, and we could do another podcast just on what makes a great stay, uh, that's our kind of ultimate subject of geekery, then, then, uh, then, then I think you find it helpful. Okay, so that's a that's a very interesting uh, difference <clears throat> between most platforms and Plum Guide that there's no uh, there's no reviews, right? So I guess the trust the trust comes from the vetting process that you guys do. So you're kind of taking the vetting process on yourself, and correct, so that the guest doesn't have to go through that. Like if I book if I go book my home in, in Joshua Tree right now, like I'm just gonna assume this this host is great. This, how, this home is great because otherwise it wouldn't be on your platform. Correct. And if you look, the, the one thing we do do is if you look on the, there's a section called the home truths on the listing. I don't know if it's one that has many, it may not have got many bookings, but in the home truths, when we ask for the feedback from the guest and we said, tell us three things that weren't great, that will get inserted in there. Um, so we are collating a summary of everything that people told us they, that, that they didn't think was great. And we just tell you, and if that really puts you off, uh, you know, the sound of crickets is unbearable, then you'll go and book that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I was just looking at that. Actually, I, I, I really like that feature, um, because it just, it just sets expectations and, and, you know, it's very transparent. I'm reading and checking out a home right now and it says due to restrictions in the area, you ask not to use the fireplace or make your own fires. And then it says previous guests have reported that Wi-Fi and phone signal are extremely limited. Make sure any important emails are sent before you arrive. I think that's great because, you know, we just know that up front, then, you know, it's, it might not be a big deal. Like we, you know, I'm, I, I probably don't go to Joshua Tree to be on my laptop. Right. So maybe I, I mean, don't care. And, and, but it's good to know that. So to have that, those expectations. You know, when we started Plum, we obsessed about what makes the perfect stay and what really matters in the home. And, and, and we, you know, we have this thing called the science behind the perfect stay. And, and it took us two years to understand that's really half the equation because the other half is just expectation management. And it sounds so obvious, you know, but it's true. It's like if, 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 if I brought you to see a movie and I told you nothing about the movie, uh, and it, but it turns out it's a Will Ferrell movie, you know, and before we go in, I'm like, this is so inspiring, this movie. Like, it's going to change how you see love. You know, you're going to think it's awful. And if I'm like, get ready, this is going to be absolute silliness. You know, let's have a couple of beers and have a laugh. You're going to think it's great. Expectation management is half the game here. Um, and getting good at that. And I think that applies, by the way, if you have your own listing. You know, I, I, my, my theory is that if you have a listing on Verbo or Booking or Airbnb and you have a low customer satisfaction... I think by rewriting the listing, you can get, go back up to, you know, five out of five. You may find some bookings drop, but in the long term, you'll win on that. Yeah. Yeah. This reminds me of a podcast I did a long time ago with somebody who, uh, 
who told me to create a great guest experience. He said, uh, under promise and over deliver. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, I think that's absolutely um, right. Let's, uh, yeah, we're getting to the end of this podcast. Is there anything you want to, you want to share that we haven't chatted about? I think I feel like we covered quite a bit. Yeah, no, um, uh, that it's been great. Thanks for having me. If you are out there, a host who's really passionate about your craft, um, would love to hear from you. Uh, we have 150 criteria for a home, but the only things I think that really matter is if, if you have a soulful space and you're passionate about the craft, it is highly likely to be a plum home you know, let us, let us get in touch. Yeah. And if you're, uh, if you're looking to stay somewhere in the near future, I would recommend, uh, check out plum guide because you might want to give that a try versus, uh, you know, versus Airbnb or a different OTA. I'm definitely, I've already, I'm convinced I'm, I'm definitely booking a plum on Joshua tree. Lovely. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to go through that experience and see how it's different from, uh, from Airbnb and, uh, well, I'll, I'll let you know how it went. I'd love to hear that and, uh, and get your feedback. All right. Lauren, thanks so much. <clears throat> Appreciate you taking the time here. Good luck with the, with the platform. And uh, to the listeners, hope you enjoyed this uh, podcast. Um, check it out, Plum Guide. So it's P-L-U-M and then just guide.com. And you'll see there's a, yeah, there's, <clears throat> there's a lot of homes on there, 40,000. Uh, so you may not, you may haven't heard, heard about this platform, but it's uh, it's actually uh, a pretty sizable platform with forty thousand homes. So go ahead and check it out. Oh, and before I forget, uh, tomorrow Wednesday, November 29th is the last day that you can sign up for our Black Friday Super Bundle. Now this is a special offer for Black Friday, where you can actually get access to our free flagship programs. Cashflow Mastery, Legends X Accelerator, and 90 Days in the in our Mastermind, Rising Star Mastermind. I'm uh, offering this at a very, very steep discount. So if you've ever wanted to join our programs, but for whatever reason you haven't yet, then I recommend take this opportunity. This is the best deal that you can get uh, for our uh, our program. So go to getpaidforyourpad.com slash Black Friday, and you'll see more details about this offer. Also, Eric and I have decided to uh, host a quick Q&A uh, on Wednesday. Tomorrow, uh, Wednesday, November 29th at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST. You can join that Q&A if you have any questions about our programs. We've received a lot of questions through email, so we figured it'd be easier to just get everybody on a call. Uh, to answer questions like, you know, what, who is this for? What am I going to learn? What am I going to get out of it? Um, all those type of questions uh, we'll answer uh, live on Zoom in our office here in Encinita. So we'll uh, we'll make sure it's going to be fun. So if you're uh, if you're interested in joining one of our programs, but you have a question, feel free to jump on the Q and A tomorrow, Wednesday, November 29th at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST. The link to join is overnightsuccess.io slash live. So overnightsuccess.io slash live. If you uh, enter that link in your browser, you'll automatically be redirected to our Zoom room. So with that said, hope to see you tomorrow. And uh, otherwise, we'll see you on another Get Paid For Your Bad podcast. Get paid for your pad. Get Get paid for your pet.